Giovanni non c'è. No, oggi non è qui. Perché? Devo portargli una cosa, ma non ce l'ho. Ah, hai la coda di paglia. No, anzi, forse sì. Sono stanco e non voglio discutere. Tranquillo, Giovanni non è mai arrabbiato. Buongiorno Marco. Ciao Martin, buongiorno. Come stai? Buongiorno. Bene, grazie. E tu? Tutto bene, tutto bene. Un po'... sono come l'autunno. Stanco. Sì, ma uh, porti un maglietta? Porto una maglietta, sì. Oh, Sì, ma I have a t-shirt. io una felpa. Yeah, I guess the benefits of living in Southern Europe. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sono molto geloso. You're very jealous. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, what are we doing today, Martin? I forgot. Uh, I'll be completely honest and say I I'm not sure. Well, the thing is, what we did today is everywhere. Is 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 like magic. It's uh, the verbs essere and avere. They're here and there, but they're everywhere. So it's 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 hard to make a, a, a dialogue with you know you use essere and avere more often. Right, well, let's uh, let's crack on then. Um, Yes. the first sentence is pretty straightforward. Giovanni non c'è. Uh, Giovanni is is Giovanni not here? Mm And hmm so obviously c'è is from essere, as Yes. in to be, and it's the third person we're talking about. Giovanni, and he is not here. Correct. And this is a very interesting phrase, right? This, uh, well, for those that are not reading, si apostrofi e, c'è, as you correctly said. Um, how would you translate this? Like, what is the most literal translation that you can think of? Yeah, so Giovanni is not, and then it's the it's the C that's the uh, Right. that's thrown because in English we would just say non è, which Good. obviously doesn't really make much sense, does it? But um, um, so you can you explain why the C is there then? Well, the C is a, a, an extremely long topic. It's the, the, the particle ci or ce, because in Italian we kind of ping pong, but usually ci, C-I, which has a lot of meanings. But the closest in English is the word, in this case, is the word uh, there. So the way I translate this is there is. So something like Giovanni isn't there or isn't here, I think is the closest that we can get. Uh, but uh, as I was saying, we have in particular two words in Italian, ci and ne, which close to impossible, right, to translate in English. Uh, it kind of just works in a way that you don't have in English. It just, it's not there in the language. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it's it's really quite hard. Um, I, I always find when I'm when I'm learning a language that things need to be put in boxes for me to completely understand them. Um, and I can say things and I can read things and understand it. But for, them, for me to have 100 percent understanding, I, I almost need to write it down and, and catch capture it and put it in a cage. And it's funny because we, we have something similar in French for both chi and ne, but we have nothing similar in Spanish. So, Really? I don't, yeah, Spanish does not have anything similar, whereas French has un, en, which is ne, and, and the y, right, which is the chi. Uh, Mm. but yeah, I don't know. So I assume it's, it's from Latin, 
but uh, it kind of got lost, and uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not everywhere. Okay, okay. Uh, right, so no, uh, mm -hmm. or not, oggi non è qui, perché? So no, obviously, um, not yes. Oggi non è qui, mm -hmm. so today, he is not here. So a again, from essere, mm -hmm. um, and then perché, which is obviously why. Right, and this is one of the few cases in which it could be a bit ambiguous. Uh, oggi non è qui, chi, who, who is not here. Mm -hmm. But obviously we're talking about Giovanni a sentence ago, so... We can avoid saying Giovanni or Louis and just go without the subject as we do in Italian often because it's clear. But if you want to be more specific, no, Giovanni oggi non è qui or oggi Giovanni non è qui. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then devo portare, that's, it's, this is one of the words that um, English people find really difficult to say with the right. gli. Yeah. Uh, devo portargli una cosa ma non c'è lo. Okay. You've thrown another chain there just to keep everyone on the toes. Um, Devo from Dovere, um, I have to mm -hmm. portarli. So this is obviously um, after the modal verb, portare is in the infinitive, but then you've tacked gli on the end of it to mm -hmm. him. I have to bring him a thing. Mm -hmm. mm, interesting. Manoncello. Uh, but um, now I'm seeing that this is because of the O at the end to have from avere mm -hmm. and it's low so it's it mm -hmm. i don't have it very good yes all right so it's perfect the translation is perfect as you said devo portargli the portare infinitive because after devo that gli is attached we can do that with two tenses uh which are or two modes which are infinitive and imperative portare is infinitive so that works that's a bit of a tricky way to say it, but I was looking for an easier way to say this sentence. I must take him or I must carry him or I must bring him, but I couldn't. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, sometimes we hear things we don't understand and we have to make sense of it, but you translate it correctly. And then this cello, yes, we had the che before there is, and then we have this cello, which you translate correctly. Uh, say, say again, how would you translate this uh, sentence? Um... Oh, he's uh, from Avery, which is the first person, so I have. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't have, whatever it is. But then the L apostrophe before the O, oh, um, the pronoun, which is le, I'm guessing, but I suppose it could be la. Um, la. And you should by taking the apostrophe off. Right. Uh, oh, it's the cosa, isn't it? It's the cosa, which is the la. Correct. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Right, okay. So you, you're replacing cosa, una cosa, with, a, um, with la. Um, but because la before the H won't work, um, you take it. Wow, there's so much going on. You're packing it in today, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Today we were, we were <laughs> taking no prisoner here. But you said it right, perfect. And and oh, when you're a kid and you trade, um, I don't know, you call them stickers, like football stickers, yeah. or yeah, they're Italian, aren't they? Panini. Panini, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the, the, the phrase you say when you have it, you know, and then someone is showing you and you say, cello, 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 I have it, I have it, I have it. Ah. It's, a, it's a very, very, very used when you're trading uh, stickers. So if you, if you like to collect panini, uh, then, uh, you know, you should, Which you should learn this phrase. Which I just realized means sandwiches. It does. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it was the family name of the founder, but I don't know for sure. I'm making this up. Right, okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. So, next sentence in, ah, hai la coda di paglia. Yes. Right, okay, so this is 
Yeah. I mean, I've been to Siena. I'm guessing it's nothing to do with that, Paglia, and it's a different spelling. Um, so, Ay uh, la Coda di Paglia. So, this is obviously your idiom that you've thrown in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and la Coda, I can only think of that as being a Q. Yes, but also the tail. In this case, it's okay. the tail. You have, I is from Avere, so mm-hmm. it's you have. Uh, you have the tail of, uh, I don't know. No idea what a Paglia is. I think you call it uh, straw. Is it's what uh, it's the like dried grass. You got straw tails. Okay, quite a bizarre one. It is a bizarre one, but I think I think it's a very cute one. It means to have a guilty conscience. Oh. Yeah, because that will the, the the I think it was like some. I I actually looked it up because for once I did my homework, and the only, the Wikipedia page is only in Italian, so I assume it's an Italian thing. It does not translate, but. It was a fairy tale of sorts where um, the, there was a fox that didn't have a tail and, and they attached a straw tail to it. And then um, when the farmers found out, so to avoid that they, the, the fox would eat the chicken, they would just set fire on things because the fox was scared that the tail would catch fire. So she would avoid the, you know, eating the chicken. So to have a straw tail or coda di paglia means to like avoid dangers before they arise because you have a guilty conscience. Wow. Yeah. Get myself a book on uh, on idioms because they're. Uh... <laughs> it's a very it's a very used one. Uh, so it's it's something you will hear often uh, if you speak with someone that is seventy five plus years old. No, I'm joking. I, I I actually use it quite a lot. For example, I don't use a lot of idioms. Okay, moving on. Uh, no, ANSI. I like I like the word ANSI mm-hmm. because it can mean about seven hundred and eighty-four different things. Yes. Um, ANSI fosse si, mm-hmm. and then we've got a separate um, statement coming up here. Sono stanco e non voglio discutere. Well, mm-hmm. that's easy. Sono stanco. Um, sono obviously again is from essere, yes. and it's one of those words that you can tack onto essere to make it mean something more. So sono stanco, I know, means I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, e non voglio discutere, I don't want to discuss. Um, but the beginning part, anzi, fosse si, perhaps yes. Mm-hmm. Anzi here is it's one of those words that uh, it can mean anyway, I guess, there. Usually, anzi, you're right, it can mean a few different things, but you're kind of correcting yourself. Or someone else, but usually yourself. Like you're saying, uh, "Oh, wait," you know. It's kind of the opposite of what you just said. So here it's saying, "No, well, maybe yes." So it's, uh, it's kind of you're changing your mind, so to speak. All right. So it's going with the force C very well, then, isn't it? Ansi force C. Correct. Maybe yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Right. Very good. And then tranquilo, uh, calm down. I guess you say tranquilo. There. Tranquilo. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Giovanni non è mai arrabbiato. I love arrabbiato. I think it's a great word. Um, he's no longer, because mai is in there at the other side of the the uh, the verb. So whenever you get non and mai, it means no longer or never. Um, uh, so... I think you're confusing it with più. Okay. Non è più arrabbiato is no longer... No longer. Non è mai is never. Correct. He's never angry. Like he's a, he's a you know... Oh, right. it's always happy, something. Yes. All right, so non mai arrabbiato is, yeah, he's never angry. Yes, arrabbiato, as you, as you correctly said, angry or mad. Uh, and we also have a very, very popular pasta. So 
under that mm. name. So it's a very important word. Yeah, it's one of those pastas that you in Italy think is uh, picante and it's really not. Well, I guess you're... Okay, so we can open a very big parenthesis of uh, spicy food in Italy. We have areas in which we eat spicy, but it's not popular. Like it's not, it's not as, as spicy as in other countries. Um, but if you go to like Calabria, they, they, know, they know what they're talking about. They're not kidding around. Good, okay. okay. So let's talk about these two bad boys, essere and avere. And I always say, you can't forget any verb when you learn Italian. You do not forget essere and avere. They, they, mm. There's two important. Why, would you, why do you think I say that? Why, why do you think they're important? In your opinion, Martin, as a learner, when do you encounter them besides saying I have and I am, which, okay. Um, well, the, I guess the most important <clears throat> part is that if you're wanting to conjugate any verbs that it's... aren't in the present tense, you're probably going to run into them. Certainly in the past tense, you're going to need them. And in the trap, Passo, you need them, and yeah, they're all over the place, aren't they? Right, yes, and everything that we call tempi composti, so composite tenses, mm. uh, which is about half, or without about, it's just exactly half of the tenses that we have. Uh, we need usually avere and sometimes essere to make uh, all these tenses. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, in the case of essere in particular, also used for the passive. So and always make the example, the difference between uh, io ho mangiato, I have eaten, and io sono mangiato, which is someone else is eating me, which is big difference. Um, mm. And uh, it's just one, one, one word that changes. It's same as in English, right? I have eaten, I am eaten. It's kind of same idea, verb to mm -hmm. have versus the verb to be. Mm. Okay, let's go for it then. Which one do you want to do first? I like avere better. Avere is, 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 I don't know, it's more interesting. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay, so you want to you wanna do it? Yeah, okay. Um, so, well, see, I'm doing it, right? Okay, so, um, yo, o, uh -huh. H-O, uh -huh. to I, H-A-I, lui, le, e, which is just the E, but it has an accent. Mm, I think you're you're confusing oh, them. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm into essere. Sorry, yeah. 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 <laughs> Louis and Lay, very good. Yeah, a h a. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, then we've got noi abbiamo. Sì. Voi avete. Uh -huh. And loro hanno again with a h. Very good, very good. And obviously, Martin did that on purpose so that everybody now remembers the Louis Lay form of uh, avere. Absolutely. That's yes. exactly why I did it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but no, you're perfectly right. Two things to say about how we spell them, which is we put an H before, but we don't hear it. And so as Martin said, you o to I, lui a, and noi abbiamo, without H, voi avete, without H, loro hanno, with an H. But we don't hear it, and the only reason we put it there is to make it different from words that are pronounce the same, but do not they mean different things. So just when we write to so distinguish words, we just put an H before so that we know it's the verb avere and not or, for example, which would be O without the H. So it's purely for spelling reasons, but we don't hear H, we don't pronounce H unless it's after C or G in Italian. Very good. Uh, so on to essere, mm -hmm. uh, which I gave a bit of a spoiler for. Uh, io sono um, to say mm -hmm. 
and then the Louis and Lei E okay. with the accent. Then you get Noi Siamo, mm -hmm. Voi Siete, and then bizarrely you go back to Loro Sonno. Yes. So you get two sonos either end of it, bookmarking it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Uh, honestly, I will assume that it's the Romans, um, which in this case I think it's a fair it's a fair guess because they they came up with the verb. So. But there are no other verbs that that have the first person singular and the third person plural as the same verb verb conjugation. It just it's bizarre, isn't it? It is. No, I, I I think you're right. It's the only case in which that happens. But I think this brings a very interesting point up, uh, these two verbs, um, which is how we learn irregular verbs. Because these are the first two irregular verbs that we should encounter, at least. And um, how do you learn irregular verbs, Martin, as, as a learner? How do you kind of go about, say you find a verb you don't know, you know, it's irregular, and how, how do you try to memorize it? I always find that the, the best way to learn anything is not to learn it. It's just to be so relaxed about how you accept it. And so I always used to say to kids when I was teaching that if you're not happy, if you don't come to school happy and you're not enjoying life, you're not going to take anything in. And you know, you've know you got to be receptive to it, haven't you? If you're open and receptive, you can learn anything you want. Right. But if, you, if you're putting walls up, then the, there's no chance in if you see a, a like a verb and you think oh my goodness i'm never going to be able to remember that well then you won't will you i agree with that approach and in general but nonetheless yeah, I, think, I think one thing that you do very well sorry to interrupt is yeah. you uh, you point out patterns in things and, that's where i was I going yeah that whenever you you can see a pattern or or like you just pointed out as well when you make a mistake and, and you have to correct it. That is when something in your head, uh, a door opens or, or something registers and it's, it's just there then. And then it's just a case of you accessing it. This is the way I learn. Um, I'm a very structured learner. So to learn something, I need to see it. And uh, when I see an irregular verb and I try to find a pattern that makes sense to me, and then I can remember it. And then even across verbs, I will try to connect them. So if you take, for example, in Italian, the verb avere looks awfully similar to the verb dovere when you conjugate the present tense. Noi abbiamo, noi dobbiamo. Voi avete, do, voi dovete. This kind of very similar pattern. So I would, if I were learning Italian, which I'm not, I would group them and group another few verbs with it that make the same, you know, follow the same, the same logic. This is the way I learn. So the way I usually recommend to start learning. Now, when you know yourself, you can fix it. Yeah, I think sometimes without trying, you see those patterns, don't you? And I always say, whenever someone tells me a pattern, like I sometimes have one-to-one -one classes, right? It's not common anymore, but I still do. And someone will say, oh, I noticed that this is like that. And I go, no, but okay, if that helps you, that, you know, this is remember it. Or they will say, yeah. oh, this word sounds like this other word in Arabic. Awesome. I don't care, you know, <laughs> use that. Uh, whatever you can use to kind of remind of, of, of something else, uh, to kind of remember something else, just go for it. I don't care if it's right or, 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 or not right. <laughs> it's like these people that 
um, can tell you every single card in order in a pack of cards, isn't it? Right. And the way they do it is that they make up stories in their heads, don't they? It's not that they're remembering the order of the cards. It's the way that they unlock that memory, isn't it? And and you, everybody has probably got different ways of doing it exactly. that applies to to them and things that make them learn and, and make them happy. And I guess you've got to find your sweet spot, haven't you? No, I, I completely agree. So whatever works for, for you, just use it. I think that the best way is to be shown these patterns um, and then you try to work with it and, and see if you can. So let's take the verb avere, because the verb essere is, is, is there is no pattern. It's completely insane. It's irregular. Just learn bit by bit, you know, chant it as your, as your mom used to do in school. Um, that's the only way. But the verb avere, the verb avere is a bit more interesting because there is a clear pattern, in my opinion. Uh, so if, if, you, if you were studying the verb avere and trying to find a pattern, Martin, what would you say a good, a good way to split it could be? Well, the, there are the, the, the words or the conjugated parts that, that start with the H mm-hmm. and the two that don't. Correct. I agree completely. But generally, I find in most Italian irregular verbs, they are the two that, that go off by themselves and then it comes back again mm-hmm. in the third person plural. Yes. It's very common. Noi and voi tend to be, if, if it's an irregular verb, noi and voi tend to be less regular often, as in this case, right? Because you have io, tu, lui, and then loro. It almost is like if it was the verb h-a-r-e, right? Are. Because io, o, mm. ai, lui, a, loro, anno. It's almost like it, it drops a, a syllable. And then you have these abbiamo and avete. Well, yeah, you, once you have a double B and once you have a V, but that's obviously just phonetic. It does not really matter. Also, when you pronounce it, it's not very evident. But it, they're much more regular, right? Because voi avete is perfectly regular. Avere, take out R-E, add T-E. That's the way it's supposed to be. Abbiamo, that's also, almost true. regular. Mm. Yeah. Very true. And I was thinking about it a different way, but you are correct, actually, there. So, you see, I, I kind of think of a verb conjugation as it's almost like a child growing up. Okay. And so it starts with a young a young baby that's me me i i you know that's and then you when you get to kind of the um, the noise and the voice like the teenagers and they're just going off and they're uh-huh. doing whatever they want to do and then by the end they've come back again and they've come back to the family that's a that. very it's a very wholesome way to to study italian but as i was saying if this is the way in your brain you can visualize things it, Go for it, you know. It, it, uh, anything it is, if it helps you to memorize and to be happy, as you were saying, um, you know, to, to take it uh, more lightly, whatever, it's, it's, it works. It's good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So if we try to use these verbs now to say a few simple things, uh, mm-hmm. what, what are some simple expressions that you can think of? Um, depends what you mean by simple. I mean, I guess... If you want to say what your name is, that's quite a simple thing, isn't it? You would say Sono, I am. Yeah, so, so Sono Martin, you would say, I would say Sono Marco. See, <clears throat> um, Sono Martin, um, say Marco, mm-hmm. and, and then you can point at the cat and say, a biscotto, and okay. um, that's that, that would be a good way of, I guess, using those. And then your age mm-hmm. by using avere. Yeah, sono stanco is, is an exception. Most other ones would be o, right? O fame, mm. o sete, o sonno. I have sleep, sonno. so to speak. Mm. Um, and, and many more, I'm sure, that I cannot think of right now. O voglia di. 
ho voglia di, very good, I, I want to do something, ho bisogno di, I have the need mm. to do something or have something. Uh, ho paura di. Ho paura di, great, I'm afraid of. Um, you, you will notice that in Italian we use the verb avere more than you do in English. Many things that you would say to be in English, you are, sorry, you have in Italian. I don't know why, but just cultural difference, I guess. Mm. Um, so many, many phrases like this. The verb essere is not super used, but you can say, for example, sono in, in Italia, I am in Italy. Uh, sono a casa, I'm at home. Um, say sono felice, I'm happy. You know, many small phrases that we can... Uh, and then obviously, as we were saying, all composite tenses with both avere and essere, which we're not going to get into today, but as you progress with your Italian, you add more and more instances in which you want to use essere and avere. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that about <laughs> does. Good. Wraps it up. Yeah, man. So use essere, use avere, and be happy when you learn Italian. That's what we learned today. Mm, that's absolutely right. Be happy when you learn Italian. The reason you're here, the, the reason you're listening to this, the reason you're learning it is because you enjoy it. And as long as you keep enjoying it, then you'll keep taking things in. And it's like anything in life. If it ever becomes like you think, oh, no, I've got to learn some Italian today, then then don't. Because you're probably doing yourself more harm yeah. than than good, and you, you know maybe you just need a day off from doing it, and then tomorrow you'll be like, oh, I've not done any Italian, and then it'll all flood in. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't know what to add. It was that was beautiful, Martin. I don't know what to add. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. So, okay. grazie, Martin. Grazie mille. Grazie a te. E grazie a tutti. E ci vediamo. Mm la settimana prossima so ci sentiamo you'll, you'll hear from us next week absolutely ok grazie grazie e buon buon fin di settimana well or, or buona settimana or buona whatever no, day you listen yeah. to this on whatever day yeah just enjoy your day yeah, buona, just buona giornata buona giornata enjoy life it's sunny out. well it's not it's raining over there it's, it's not sunny here but whatever have fun <laughs> ciao ciao ciao